What is going on, everyone? And welcome back to the Bodybuilding Prospect podcast with your hosts, George and Al. Um, yeah, it's been, a, it's been a little while since we've got on and breezed, man. Um, a lot's been going on. Give the people a little vibes at the life of Mr. Big Alex Williams. Busy. <laughs> busy is the easiest word to use, I think. Anyone can be busy, though, right? It's productive, um, it's productive busy. It is, and it's been a cool, been a cool start to the new year. Of course, as you know, nearly everything that goes on in my life, same as I, vice versa. Um, but obviously, to tell people what's been going on. So, new year. I think did we mentioned before about going to fat loss phase in the new year. Blah blah. blah. I think we mentioned that a few weeks ago. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so fat loss phase. I'm like just over week three, going to week four. Obviously, the earliest, the earliest stages. Um, it's been interesting for me because in an off season, going into a fat loss phase. And having to go with a zero cheat meal type approach. So no off-plan meal. Everything's macro tracked regardless. There is no day of surplus calories. It is all on plan to the letter. And, you know, I'm down over five kilo already. You know, of course, a lot of that's information wash off, things like that. But it's interesting how fast things go. Like every night, for example, every off-plan meal I have usually a Friday night. You'll wake up on the Saturday, maybe a couple of pounds, maybe a pound up or something like that. <laughs> now it's, now the, it's the other time. Yeah, and the rest. That's for you, you pig. But, well, the old pig as you used to be. Um, but now it's the other way in the year. The swoosh is what we'll go on to today. We'll mention the swoosh because it makes us both laugh, the term swoosh. But, yeah, we'll save that for a bit later on. Um, but, yeah, so fat loss phase. Um, I brought on a lifestyle coach, a female lifestyle coach, Danielle, which has been a great move for business-wise, for becoming to help open the door to more females joining my brand. Um, to join my coaching and the response which has been the greatest thing is how positive it has been so comparing the start of my coaching journey years ago and how the response was then oh here we go is another online coach to oh my god man this is fucking awesome like this is going to be awesome for you blah blah i'm thinking cool same person was probably slagging me off when i started you never know do you really? let's be honest but to my face it's been positive so but that's like a little hey, bit of that's that's all that matters <laughs> if it is negative, we don't care. We're not interested. No, now I'm gonna stay with it. Now I'm gonna stay with it. It's a big move, okay. man. It's a big move. Like you said, you, you're that little corner of the market that you wasn't necessarily struggling to hit, but you was just missing the the bigger influx of. You've now yeah. you've now capped it. You know, you, you filled yeah. the the niche. You filled it. Mm. I mean, she, what people she's a very good candidate for it as well. She's very very. I don't yeah. want it to sound like a because I I want Danny Danielle whatever I want her to come on at some point. Yeah, Danny, yeah, go Danny. But um, I know I don't want to sound like I'm being like insult, but she's very modern day. Fit, oh yeah, fitness girl club kind of. She, yeah. she's got it already to her teeth. She knows how she, how she's got to come across on the socials mm. to like you know girl power empowering females and yeah, she's already to... she's nailing it. Mm, just to sort of introduce who she is and why I brought someone like that along. Um, so when it came to someone coming, someone actually comes to the idea of me, a friend, about expanding. Me and George always wanted to do something together anyway. And we've already got that rolling with BPA, which is something that was in the pipeline for even too long. But we got rid of together with it. Um, and there was only ever one person who I'd consider to ever work with as a coach. And that'd be George purely because I trusted him more than anyone. Because I knew he wouldn't fuck me and I wouldn't fuck him because there's a lot of respect there. And it just had to be cleared up of what we wanted. It turns out we wanted the same shit and we were worried the other person didn't want to do it, you know, <laughs> and it ended up just rolling. Um, but Danielle, when you prove yourself, you've been a client of mine for coming up to a year. 
And she's a livestock client doesn't miss a beat, has extreme attention to detail, picked up macro tracking quicker than any other client I've ever spoken to. And because she already used this before she even worked with me, she already had the sort of basis that she was just living. That was her life. Yet she just needed a little bit of a direction turn to go in the right way. And when, so, I don't know, you just get a feeling and you just kind of roll with it that this person could be great for it. And the energy is nothing but exciting. And you can pick up on energy, man. It's a good, it's a good indicator, man. It's like that gut feeling you get. It's the energy you're feeling off the person. When you, when you know it's going to work, you know it's going to work. And to see the response she was getting from her friends, family, whoever, even athletes in the gym, you know, like Charlotte, for example, like saying to her, even Babs supporting it, people like that who are high, higher in the industry, that sat a lot with her because when you have a name of someone, you know, give you props, it sits a little bit better. Say, for example, when me and you might get a DM or a reaction on a story from someone we rate, like another athlete, it's like, okay, I must be doing all right because, you know, this fucking champion thinks I'm doing all right as well. So I must be doing okay. You know, you, yeah. not that everyone needs validation, but it's nice to know that you're respected of somewhat. Yeah, we're um, all human beings, man. That little external validation, it always it gives anyone, you can give the yeah, humblest yeah. person a little boost, man. There's nothing wrong with that. Mm. But exactly that, think though that Shah and Babs, once upon a time, were starting out like, like Danny is. So they was there, yeah. they've been that person, so they know how much it means when the peers and the people that are above you and are mm. killing it and doing well, when they give you that little bit of confidence or that little bit of backing that they probably mm. uh, they probably didn't have. You know, it yeah, goes yeah. a long way. It goes a real long way, especially like the, fucking everyone in the gym, all the females, the cup of shards, the, you know, Madame Free Swords, like, yeah, she's trust big me. personality, big persona. She's quite, you know, she's similar ages, you know, yeah. not... You're filming like, today, you know, when they're in there today. They're in the, you're in that um, gender cap where you, you know, she's not that far away from us. She's, just, you know, a couple of years older. That's where I could be. She's, she's an inspiration. Yeah, yeah, that's it. And what's been great is the reason why I made a move like this, you mentioned about the niche with it, as a male athlete pursuing bodybuilding, anyone that does, say anyone comes across my or your profile on Instagram, our socials, say for example, George. George is six foot odd, huge, with a big old beard and a bald head and covered in tattoos. Without knowing who George is, you may have the image that he's been to prison twice. Or, you know what I mean? Just that, the stereotypes of what comes along with the look, you know, because really? he's huge. <laughs> He's got four red frown lines 24-7. Yeah. <laughs> in terms of when you know him, he's actually completely the opposite. Same as other guys in the gym that I thought were monsters and be really mean. They're actually like some of the nicest guys I've ever met, end up becoming yeah. friends with. It's always the um, way. It's always the way. Well, someone might look at me as, you know, oh, a guy wants to be a bodybuilder. Oh, he wants everyone to look like him. Don't get me wrong. I love to work with people who want to be athletes. I'm a big fan of it because it's the mindset change of wanting to go that way. But... For a lifestyle client, you have to understand, I don't want you to be that way. I want you to have the balance in your life. And you know how big I am on balance with certain things. And it's just getting that across. And you're only going to get that by getting that one-to-one -one time of talking to them, yep. voice notes, calls, consults, things like that. But it won't even get to that point because they've already seen XYZ individual who is a lifestyle person themselves, does lifestyle coaching, put two and two together. That's the coach for me. So bringing Danielle on board, she is a lifestyle person herself. She's going to be the queen of macro tracking. And she understands the balance. Macro tracking. Why else would you not it's want massive, to work? It's massive, especially with my, my female clients. Um, yeah. Have, men are quite easy, typically, when you look at the gender differences. Of, you give them a meal plan. I always give them both options. Like a macro track, they can follow the plan. But you tend to see like what you see in 
in the experience is that men more like structure, tell me what to eat, I'll eat it day in, day out. Because I don't know, maybe it's that hardcore, I just want to be that guy. Maybe it's that yeah. coming out. And when you come with the females, they need that variety. They, you know, all of my midweek diet changes where I've got females, it's, well, people messaging me, it's always female clients. I'm a bit bored of this meal, can we change it out? Like, so the, the macro tracking thing is a massive, massive factor from the educational mm. front as a coach. I've started pushing yeah. it to my clients because it saves them coming to me midweek going, can we yeah. swap this meal out? Well, how about I'm going to spend a little bit more time than just changing the oh, meal. Yeah. I'm going to mm. spend some one-to-one time with you, teach mm. you it, and then you're not mm. going to need to message me again because you already know my answer. Yep, change yeah. it how you want I'd, to make the numbers work. I had the same thing the last week. I had a client. Already a little, oh no, sorry, he's getting to the, I think, 14 weeks he's been with me. Starting to get a little bit bored of the structured diet plan. No problem. We're now, I'm now, I was on the phone to him for an hour, going through way longer than it should have been, but I wanted it to get, come across. And it was one of the real times of showing someone from scratch, let's go into macro tracking, let's give examples. We took one of his meals, plugged it into chronometer, took a look at all the, everything in there, and then we come out of an option. What else do we want? He originally wanted... Um, I think it was it was like a yogurt meal with granola um, and he wanted steak or something I think he wanted steak and we plugged in steak steak didn't work because we'd have to for a first lesson on macro tracking we'd have had to take fats from elsewhere in the diet to replicate that and was that right for a first lesson let's not go into this purely because that's what granola he was using off the top of my head See, some of them are some of them are sneaky man you gotta go careful oh yeah I knew when I said granola you you were gonna perk up um, because it's supposed to be obviously a low-fat cereal for that meal. <laughs> I he was having he was having granola from day ah. one, which I only I only just found out. So it was working, it's not broken, doesn't need yeah. fixing. Yeah. Continue we'll, we'll roll with granola. So we get the brand up, all that sort of stuff, and we go through <laughs> it. And we ended up turning that meal into I think it was he really fancied prawns for, for one of his options. We we put prawns in there, plugged them in. Um, because he gets his fresh from a deli or something like awesome that. Yeah, yeah, it's actually, yeah. Um, <laughs> and I want and some I think, steak, I want some prawns. <laughs> oh, yeah, he's he's down dobbies every week, man, getting the meat hampers. So, um, but that's one thing that me and you can both obviously say is investing more so in our food, especially this past year, how much more enjoyable and that that's the difference there is within the food itself. And that's not us being snobby, that's not me. I'll say for myself, it's conveniently. I moved to a different town and the building next door to my apartment is a butcher's. So why wouldn't I walk in there and take a look and see what it is? I don't even have to drive to Tesco to pick up meat anymore. I walk next door. Yeah, I do. Expenditure taking a dive. <laughs> That's why oh, you yeah. got to do all them steps now because you ain't walking to Tesco no more. You just go down next door. Honestly, man, I do, if, I'm, if I'm not working, it's got to be, I have to, I have to make an effort to walk twice a day. Otherwise, I won't hit my, my cap. Yeah. There's a good image. There's a good uh, point you brought up there about like image, um, <laughs> the big bald bearded tattooed guy. Yeah, I I find that your first impression on your social media when you're, when you're just coming from the business aspect and coaching aspect, it's it's hard to fit the quota for everyone. Oh yeah, because and, stereotypically, yeah, what should we look? What should we look like? Let's. I mean, what is the what, what would a bodybuilding coach, a physique developer, so we'll go physique development coach. What, what are we supposed to look like? Me shredded in a, in a fitted blooming t-shirt or something, you know, with my jawline and my hair slicked back like action, man. Similar to what it is now, just the skinnier face. 
Should I look like that, you know, with my veneers, maybe? I don't know. Or I was going to say, it seemed a bit strange. Like for you, I would have thought the muscle model, uh, you know, the, the, the good picture you got from when you was on stage and stuff, yeah. that would really appeal to like a lifestyle yeah. female. But, <laughs> of course, they'd like to look at it and they realise in a relationship, like, oh, maybe not. But there again, that's, just, that's, just, that's just like the one-off. Because that look, even to some, you know, we get called disgusting. Because some people genuinely think, oh, that's a bit much. Because they think that guy on the top left picture of my Instagram is how I look every day when that's obviously <laughs> not the case. That's when I'm diuretic off my tits and dehydrated, you know what I mean? I think the next, step, the next step on from, from the image, obviously, like you said, me, probably the amount of females will probably come to my page, look at my page and go, nope, he looks like a meathead. Looks like an old Viking yeah. with wrinkles. Yeah, but... we, look, we look like a meathead. However... Mm -hmm. When you start looking at the content I put out or you checked out my YouTube channel, Ooh. you see there's quite a lot that applies to female physiology because it's something I unintendededly kind of worked my oh, way yeah. to specialising in because of Zoe. But it's it's that giving people a chance that like don't take people on face value. So if you are looking for a coach, mm. I understand you resonating and, um, you know, kind of gravitating towards people that you like the look of. But actually take some time to look into who they are, what their brand is about, what they may specialise in, if they do specialise in anything, obviously client results and stuff. But don't just take the face value, you no, know, because like, I know I look like an old wrinkly Viking. Viking? Viking, but, Viking. you know. Oh, um, what's his name? Joe? No. Ragnar. Ragnar. Ragnar Lovebrook. Yeah, I've got the blue eyes and everything, I'm telling you. Uh, yeah. I might look like Ragnar, but I'm not a meathead at all. <laughs> I'm, I'm usually like the bipolar opposite. So just take yeah. the time to actually look through a coach's the content. Bipolar opposite. Yeah, literally. Um, but yeah, man, uh, I mean, for me, it's just standard procedure, doing the do. Mm. We, we've both been well, out. So you, you slingshotted out of your diet phase. I think we should be covered a bit of that last time. You dieted for a total of what it was eight, not eight, ten weeks. Yeah, it was a uh, ten weeks total, four weeks, uh, two four week blocks of deficit with two weeks maintenance before everyone gets that confused on Instagram. Yeah. <laughs> which, which I'm hitting something very similar. I'm coming up to week four um, of deficit. First training block's going to be out of the way. Um, training is becoming a little bit more difficult because of the uh, volume increments that have been put in place. He's testing me, you know. When you get in deficit, you can easily get in that mindset of, oh, I need to, I can, I'm weaker, or oh, that I'm, I'm in the deficit. Yeah, but my deficit's not that heavy. Yeah, I'm not eating as much food as I was, but you know, when you're enhanced athlete, that's the reason why we have these in in place, and it's a mindset thing. You're kind well, of levering, you're levering that yeah. stress off with the anabolics, yeah. and that's why they get increased and they they mm. titrate up over the course of it. But mm. yeah, you're going into that first cyclical four week diet, one week maintenance. The, the beauty of the yeah. diet break is so good, man. It's something that we haven't really come across too much before in our careers of physique development. But to know I've only got a diet four weeks to then get a whole week of my maintenance. My maintenance calories, 3,500 for me to maintain this physique. Statistically, that's how it's calculated. And I was like, madness. Would you find this out? It's like, oh, that's, that is my maintenance now. Purely because of the size I am now. Yeah. It's unreal. What would you? What's your maintenance? What's yours? Well, it was a sticky one for me because I had lipolytics in play as well. Yeah. 
uh, which okay. was taking like probably another 750 calories off of wherever that yeah. maintenance lied. So I had to go back up to maintenance and then account for it. You, you're not going to take them out across a week make diet breaks. So you, you have to just you know account for it. So my, I ended up having like just under 5,000 calories a day in my maintenance. Just to um, track back on, you mentioned liabilities. For those that don't understand what the term means, do you want to go into what you was using and what a liability is? Just to get just some right, just a quick overview of fat burners. So anything that's going to basically increase your calorie deficit or drive up the mobilization of fat from fat cells, i.e. make you lose fat a little bit faster. So I was using thyroid, uh, synthetic thyroid hormones, T3 and T4, um, not for the purpose of speeding up or enhancing my metabolism, but just to keep it consistent to stop that metabolite adaption over time. When you deficit, your body adapts, it's efficient. Clenbuterol uh, to drive up my BMR, my base metabolic rate. So just throughout the day, I was burning more calories in a nutshell. And then your himbin was there to actually focus on that beta cell um, moving of fat, sorry, from fat cells. So actually taking the fat out of the cell and then transferring into triglycerides and energy sources further on down the line. But that were the ones I was using. No DMP, no, um, yeah. no disgustingly savage, untested human stuff. Everything is all safe for human use and used clinically. But yeah, that's mm. lipolytic in a nutshell. Just things that enhance fat loss. Mm. Uh, but yeah, so, so we had to be accounted for in the maintenance. You had to, to, you know, there is a calculation for this much should give you X amount of calorie deficit push. So we just bump it back the other way. For those that may have got, may have tweaked up a little bit there and interesting what George is saying. I do recommend going to George's consult service to talk about performance enhancements because it's not just a 10 second thing of him saying, oh, this is what I was using. Um, just briefly, I'm not going to mention dosages because you're going to be an idiot and probably do the same thing, even though it's not going to be calculated for you. Hence why probably George didn't want to mention it. You know, there's no need to because the best thing to do is if you are interested in these sort of things, talk to him, get a consult because he will grill you for half an hour, an hour, depends on what service you pay for. And you will learn so much more about how to put things in play from there rather than just listening to see what your mate, or in this term, it'd be George. Oh, George did this. Yeah, but George is six foot, 240, 250 pounds. You're, it's not for you. You know, this is, it, this is where it easy to go sideways of you thinking you can just do what someone else did, the bro way. Big time, man. It's the same thing. Mm. I, I was trying to say the same thing about my YouTube channel. Like, I'm trying to give out free content, but like, mm. there's only so much you can talk about for free. Golden, yeah. Right? Mm -hmm. It is is the, the finer details of stuff. That is what the consultation service is there for. I'm just trying to trickle you in with, hey, look, if you want to talk about these things, come to me and we can actually yeah. sit down and lay you out plans and stuff. But yeah, mm. I mean, I actually, weirdly enough, I have more female ped consults than I do men. That's extremely interesting. These obviously yeah. competitors, I take it. Obviously, you got to think when you are even not so. I've okay, had quite think. a lot of uh, like postmenopausal females looking into HRT, yep. which was mm -hmm. quite a big one. I spoke about it on one of the podcasts ages ago with Zoe, um, talking mm -hmm. about the use of HRT. Um, from there, I've had like a couple of like a group of mums, like they all kind of know each other that have yeah yeah, and because of the uh, potential cancer threat of using mm -hmm. synthetic estrogen and synthetic progesterone, which for some reason the medical service and our NHS system still promotes, which baffles mm -hmm. me, even though the current literature just clearly points in a better direction of using testosterone. Um, yeah. But yeah, it's a, it's a funny way that went, man. It was their kind of intended to thought, oh, shit, I'm going to have loads of like, you know, 18-year-olds coming to me, want to do their first cycles, rah, rah, rah. And I literally got the opposite end of the spectrum. I got like 56-year-old mums. <laughs> yeah. But way it is. That's, where, that's where you can go into going back to um, knowledge. It's value. It's, 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 it's valuable. So 
we invest a lot in ourselves. Yes, you want to give out and help people and all things like that if you have a passion for it. But if you want to invest, if you want to learn, the only times I've ever improved is with investment. And <laughs> every time, you can't yeah. expect. And I can I can say that like, I I try and do both. I try and educate myself outside of the investments that me and you both make with coach. Um, you're paying for like members sites and things like this i try and do it on my own but you have to get to a certain level of knowledge to understand where in the rabbit holes of everything you are and you'll get to a point when you're diving through it on your own where you'll hit the end of what you understand there's a line and you go right at this point this is out of my league i need i need guidance now this is where the, the you know the mentors joe um and you know, the member sites where they've got all that information there comes really, really in hand. It's the best thing I recommend for any coach or athlete. It's just start start spending some money. Yeah. It's not, it's not a cost, it's an investment because what you get in return is applicable to clients, is applicable to yourself, and that is priceless. You're gonna earn money from from being a better coach. Yeah. Um, Especially like as a coach, you're trying to pass on knowledge. One thing we're told on a constant basis is constantly invest. Even now, I even picked up with Joe the other week. He, he put a screenshot up of something, um, a chat with a client, and he was talking about whatever going on there. I saw the tab in the background. Joe's reading a study on something, and I just noticed that. And I was like, oh, it's interesting to see. You're still at your level, and still in the background, you have studies that you are still looking at. This is, I actually had this conversation with someone the other day. The problem we see with right, – I don't want to – anyone listening, Eddie Abu – fantastic literally a pinnacle of english bodybuilding one of the only like english olympians we've we've had over the years like you know obviously there has been a pretty amazing one being dorian yeah, yeah, yeah he's, he's in these in the mix of there's only, there's only been a few of them uh he's got a gym near me now i have a lot of respect for him i love his gym i love talking to him he's great it's nice to hear that you know old school methodology come through still um but there's a lot a lot 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 that he says and it's just wrong uh, uh, to, the, <laughs> to the point though not even just on anabolics talking about training yeah. and eating and yeah. the other day someone comes to me and said um hey, i just wanted to run this past you because you're a bit more up to date uh i got told by i can't um have like i need to split my macros up like i want to have my fats and my carbs like separately like, what do you mean separately like no like, what, like completely separate like all your carbs here and here. I'm guessing what he was getting at was around the workout window, all your carbohydrates. And then in the other meals, you just bosh the fats out of the way. And I was like, so what, you say you, you have 50, 60 grams of fat a day. Well, you're going to have 50, 60 grams of fat in that one meal at the end of the day. All you're going to be doing is, is waiting for a massive giant log turd to come out. I'm sorry. Mm. Just logically it makes no sense. And there's trace, there's trace macros in everything you eat. Every carb contains some protein, some fats, every fat yeah. contains some protein, some carbs. Like, there's minor exceptions to that, but it just, it baffled me a minute. And I was like, is that like a, is that still a thing? Old school bro methodology? I mean, when I went to my first ever seminar, I think it was 2017, and it was talking about the basis of protein, uh, sorry, macros and then proteins, fats and carbs and where to put them in a diet plan and things yes. like that. And the, the bro way is the easiest way to put it is keep fats away from the workout. It's like that's the that's the way you're. I was told it was like okay, I see what you're saying, but when you dive into it more, you have a better understanding of why this, and that's the thing that's missing a lot, and that's what I'm piecing together more and more in my coaching journey is the whys, because it's easy to tell someone something, but to go into the why creates peace of mind, which creates knowledge, 
And that's that's how I really go off things now. That specific situation I was talking about, I needed a lot more context because I got the secondary. I'm sure whoever said it to him probably had a reason for it. Maybe they were talking about the workout window, right? And I yep. completely agree. You don't want loads of fats around the workout window, but... No. You know, 10, 15 grams is not really going to do a massive deal of damage to your workout. You're not going on an endurance triathlon. You don't need to worry about it too much. Um, but just the way you come across was like completely fucking like, yeah. how many meals you have in a day, G? 12, what? One protein meal, yeah. one carb meal, one fat. Like, what's going on? Yeah. It's, oh yeah, I think we get a bit that, more context of it. That is the, the point I'm yeah. getting at was the Joe with the tab open. Yeah. The, the problem with this, the career we're in is that there is no such thing as knowing everything because no. science evolves over time and all the old shit that you learn, guaranteed mm -hmm. by the time we're done and retired, it yeah. would have been flipped on its head and there'll be things that we were wrong about now because of new yeah. science and new evidence. Oh, that comes out. Not just on the evidence base, going from a bit of a bro way. I was talking to someone the other day um potential client and he was going through the old ways of stacking a cycle and having estrogenic side effects like gyno things like that and um supplementing well supplementing with like tamoxifen and arimidex things like that and it was like wow like i can't believe this is the way we were actually told this at the start and now we know this is complete negatives to be like why why was this happening in the first place to go into you shouldn't have to use these if you get an extreme um, estrogenic side effects, it's definitely where you can jump in a lot more than I can um, with having those negative effects from um, using ex exogenous testosterone and things like that. I don't, we don't need to go into we can we can do an episode on estrogen. That can be a okay. whole that can be a whole podcast, man. But mm. that I think again another thing: new evidence comes out, and you have these older coaches that because it works, they're they're ignorant to wanting to adopt the new. The truth you know what we can we can only go off of what is correct at our time and that's going to keep constantly changing and evolving so someone like joe will keep up to date with the current literature because that's going to apply here and now and it's going to keep changing week to week month to month year to year year to year and if you're not you're going to get left in the dust and you're going to fall behind and then that's where it, your your track record will only carry you so far and it's hard to drill that into people that have got results and there's even there's even coaches that have worked with and produced mr o's and yeah. they you listen to full podcast sometimes and they're talking about these coaches and they're saying about their old methods and they're laughing about it because of how wrong it was but at the time yeah. that one individual ended up mr o so yeah they don't want to let go of it because it, it worked. But just because it works doesn't mean it's right. Mm. Sorry, a rant from me. That's, that's always going to be the back and forth. Don't get me wrong, it still rattles my brain now, the evidence-based way against the bro where me and you have conversations on a regular basis of these sort of examples. And it's having a respect for either one, yeah. I think, is the easiest way to do it. Because that solves arguments. 100%. Because, yeah, it works. You can't tell me why it worked, and I can tell you why it shouldn't have worked, you know, in that sort of way. But it worked overall. So there is always going to be that back and forth. And it's just having an understanding of the whys and the what's and the reasons, and then come to a flat line with it and go with your decision, whatever you want to make either way. Um, yeah, the only time I ever think there's a definitive answer is when there's an inherent risk at the end of the yeah. decision. So when it comes to anabolics, I think there is right and there is wrong. Well, maybe there isn't, man. Every 
What is it? What what is what is every day to day worth to everyone else? Some pe- some people are willing to take that risk. Mm. Some people are willing to push hard on others because they don't. They say they or think they don't actually care. They'd rather do the yeah. whole fast die young. I mean, we've had friends who want to push anabolics and ignore certain things because of their age they're at and they think they're on a timeline which is understandable which i've had friends in their late 20s early 30s thinking if i'm going to be anything as a professor in bodybuilding i'm going to have to have to take a risk if i'm going to come anywhere close to a potential goal of being a phenomenal athlete which is understandable fortunately enough in mind your position we're still in the younger parts of our 20s so we are on track and if anything to some other people we're even late you know, to the level that we're at, because others have surpassed us tenfold at this point. But genetic freaks and things, and then people that started using anabolics when they were fifteen and things like that. You know, there's all there's going to be loads of different things. But we'll find out in twenty years what the result of those sort of things. This is the thing: um, is what's the cost? What is that? What is the what risk? Is the cost? Risk to reward ratio. You know, I'm not a, I'm not uh, afraid to push. I'm not afraid no. to, to to really see what I can tolerate, but. The, the key word there is being what can I tolerate It's finding that bar and knowing that yeah. at this point I can't go past that mark. So I'm still in yeah. discovery, but it means mm. that I get, I, I am very, fuck it. Yeah, let's do it. Let's go. Let's let, right. It's new yeah, territory. Yeah. Let's go. Let's go. And then um, you're aware, but it's, it's being aware. It's keeping track. It's knowing your health metrics. It's doing ECGs, checking your heart size, checking your left ventricular growth, checking your blood work as regular as possible. Calcium score tests. It's doing it, but, being aware of when the repercussions are going to happen and if you don't test and check these things you don't actually know when you could be taking a fraction of the dose you're on back then and it could have been doing damage then so what's it doing now but you didn't know because you didn't track or you could be taking loads and coming off cycle and thinking i need to have a chill for a bit but you could be brand new so yeah there was no need you just wasted time Oh yeah, let me let me get my bloods done after I've just done a mini cut. Oh yeah, my bloods are fucking sound. Oh, that's cool. Let's let's push up again. How how did you where where, you know, where was you at? You want to be anal pushing? about it? Do yeah. it before at the beginning when things are low. Do it during. Mm. Do it at the peak, and then do it yeah. when you come back off. And, and then that's you- the plan. That's the plan. Minute because I got the bloods done when we were pushing. I found out we were having some fucking negative things going on, not on the bloods, but as in with fake tests, things like that. Yeah, and yeah, yeah, yeah. having a test score which is lower than females, which is ridiculous. Um, that so point, then, uh, what was it? Something else was carrying you along, wasn't it? Primo. Yeah, the primo was. Primo. This I was still progressing. I was still progressing. <laughs> still having, you know, fucking protein synthesis going on, growing muscle tissue, and but then the answer is there was no. Estrogen or DHT. I'm going to use that word exogenous a lot. I mean, there's a lot of, there was no testosterone there. Therefore, how was I progressing? The answer was premium volume because that's what was that was still. So the, the androgens were being yeah. So your androgen load was being carried by whatever dose of premium was taking. But the thing missing, yeah, which fortunately was on the up. Yeah, the, and you were you can't say you wasn't progressing because there was some progress made, but you just yeah. felt like absolute dirt. There was. We were going to before, but the feelings of having low testosterone, you know, a little bit more emotional and feeling a little bit down and borderline, not depressed, but not quite yourself. And I was it's like, oh, it must just be my training block. I'm, 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 I'm on week four. I, I'm tired at the minute. That's all it is. That's the thing. You're always looking for that external. This, it's not that. It's not that. It's this. It's got to be something else. I'm trying to find the answer. Yeah. The answer. What is the answer? But then um, that situation right there is prime example for 
the reason why shit was going west was obviously no testosterone, no conversion into the estrogen, no conversion into the hydrogen testosterone. Your body needs that healthy regulatory amount to balance. <laughs> yeah, Alex's word balance. Yeah, you need that within the hormone setup. And everyone's balance on their androgen to estrogen ratio and DHT levels is all very different and individual to that person. But without it, you can't, you, this is what you need testosterone as a base. This is why oral steroids don't, don't compute because you're missing out on factors that are going to keep you healthy. Estrogen protects your heart. It helps with uh, neuroprotective, uh, being protective of the brain, uh, heart. So DHT for strength. You know, there's a reason why I started yeah. poning you on lifts for a while there, and that's because you had no DHT. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that was the only reason. Mm. Man, I think it's made problem. me feel small again. Yeah. <laughs> now, I, I had a humbler the other day on that Atlantis incline. You were like, oh, yeah, I'll chuck seven plates on that. Yeah, it'll be all right. Yeah. Seven plates aside for the listeners. <clears throat> aside. That was, that was seven plates aside. Bear in mind, I was rolling at six at my strongest. And I was like, yeah, I'm not going to be able to hit seven. I don't care how tight those elbow wraps are on me. Um, wait, did seven, I, did, I did seven, didn't I, for like a few? No, well, no I think it, no, no, it was six. No, you you no, could no, have. No, you could not, have. It, it moved, six moved quite well, but it was like working set, accidental failure again when I wasn't supposed to because of my reps in reserve that week. Yeah. And I'd be like, oh, I'm fucking working reps in reserve. Shut up. How about fuck off? Yeah, if you're going to argue that. You know, that's my training. I've got to do what I've got to do. Um but yeah, it, maybe on the next push-up we'll see seven plates, hopefully. Oh um, boy, you've got some cash to do. That is, that is, you've got to think, chasing a whole plate, that's that's not easy work. Um, uh, it swings around about us. Yeah, by, by that point, I've, I'll be May, May my prep starts. And by that point, I'll be walking around going, I don't want to train with you after a week of shit. And then, hey, George, you want to come train? <laughs> no. <laughs> I'll pose with you. Um, yeah, that'd be good. That's when I won't want to get naked. Exactly. Um, that's when we're going to the new gym, for example, I've been training that since I moved down here. Um, the people love leaving weights on machines is one thing that's been... I've noticed that. Honestly, it's been the worst thing. And people are going to get to... I have my eyes peeled every time I see someone put something plate loaded because, unfortunately, it's not impressive amounts of weight. That's the annoying part. I've seen people leave a 10 and a 5 on a barbell even a 15 alone on the incline Atlantis team. I'm thinking, mate, I'm, I'm just about to put some, some better weight on here. And you think it's cool. Like just where there's no ego with it. Like, what is your, what is, is robbing that? It's robbing the gym a lot. No, he's not. Si is, though, and si is very aware of it. Like, if Sai sees it, he mugs him off. I was going to say, yeah, because no, that's what Rob used to do. Oh, you said literally stand there and crease up waiting for it to happen. Cause yeah. Rob will go over there and be like, uh, Hello, darling. If if you can't lift this weight, like we can get the girls from Hunter Till to come and come and help you. Yeah, mm -hmm. like, he'd just fully belittle them. Like yeah. that. That was your warning shot. That was like yeah. I'm pulling the trigger back, but I'm not firing. You do yeah. it again, mm. then you see them. Then you come. I'm coming in with the thunder. See, I I had the moment yesterday. Guy, there was like a template. I was up for twenty, and he was on the leg press. Yeah. Um, the night tram one, and he took the ten off to grab the twenty off, but he put the ten on the floor. And then just took the 20 off and put it on the machine and the 10 was on the floor. Yeah. And he did it the other side as well. So there's two templates sitting on the floor. When I finish on the seated ham curl, I just walk over there, pick up both the plates, put them on the rack, like on back to where they were. And I just looked at him and then walked away. And I had a little smirk to myself. I was like, you're such a dickhead, but I couldn't help it. It was just, I just want him to know 
you ain't supposed to do that, you know. And I hate to do that sort of thing in the gym. I'd hate to say to someone, can you please put your weights away? I because do. I don't understand why people do it in the first place. It rattles my brain. It's not clean. It's not. Mate, you're, just, you're just being an ass. Because the physique right train is quite small. Leanne, she's South African. She's savage as fuck. She don't give, honestly, does not give a shit. If I could imagine a honey badger in, in like in, turned into a person, it's her. Definitely, yeah. She's amazing, but she's got a savage side. And she will literally, if there's weights left on a machine, she will go on the cameras in the gym and she'll look, mm-hmm. she'll zoom through, she'll find out who left them on there and she'll go and hunt them down. And if they're not in there, she'll unload mm-hmm. it. When they come in, she, she will give them a bollocking in front of everyone. She don't give a shit. Yeah. That should be. <laughs> yeah, that's definitely the way it should be. It's time to go into questions. There was got. one, actually, that I got asked. It wasn't put up on here, but it was one that I thought would be good for us to actually talk about. Um, Denny Fit, 95. Stephen, is it Stephen Denny? Denny or Stephen Denny? Stephen, I think. Stephen. Yeah, oh, so asked, I just know him as Denny. Yeah, well, Denny, Denny Fit. He asked about, um, in, a, in a weird way, we, we, we squashed it in some DMs to find out what he was actually getting at. But <laughs> in a weird way, he asked about uh, performance enhancements and do they have a place outside of competitive bodybuilding, which is a very, very interesting subject for me because of how my opinion on this has changed a hell of a lot since when we first started. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I know you probably, yours probably has as well, but you know, back in the day it was, and it, this is going to sound very hypocritical because my first cycle, I was 18 and I had no intention of bodybuilding, none. That was not like in my mantra of, oh, I'm going to do this, I'm going to become a bodybuilder. I literally just wanted to get jacked. I just wanted to get strong. Mm-hmm. I wanted a big bench. I wanted to look good. Um, so at the beginning, I was like, I had to take a fuck. No, don't, you don't need to be a bodybuilder to take all these drugs. So, yeah. And then when I started to move into the bodybuilder side of it, and I actually started to understand the risks that can potentially be there. Mm-hmm. It swayed to, it, you know, when I first started coaching, it was, you know, I wouldn't let lifestyle people use pads and answers because it wasn't worth the risk, but that was, I was almost deciding that for them. And as times progressed, now I have no opinion. I have no, I literally have zero opinion. We summed it up quite well the other day when we spoke about this. It's not our job to have that opinion. It's our job to, you want to do this? This is what, I'm going to lay you out the details of what the journey you're about to embark on. And then you can decide for yourself whether the risk is worth the reward. And it's just mm-hmm. then from then on, it's my job to make sure that you do it in the safest or safer mean as possible. I can agree completely with every word just then. And then we can go into the moral side of things yeah. that where I have a place with, and I'm sure you do as well. Because we are taught in a way to be as optimal and as 100% as we can be in our approach to whatever the goal is. You know, of course, me and you have to work extremely hard to get to where, where we want to get to. And if not, harder in some aspects purely because we can be better even as a lifestyle client you want to get to a certain goal it's my job as your coach that you're investing in to show you what or to tell you what 100 can get because if you're acting a certain way you may only be able to get 75 80 maybe even half of what you could achieve so that's what comes down to me morally what's the fucking point of me showing you or you doing it if you're not going to be able to get the most out of it that's that's the realness coming from me because for example, we spoke about a client that signed up with me recently, um, wants to go the enhanced route. And I'm doing the one second, not like a test or such, not like a test. It's just, I want to see if he can stick to what I'm setting originally. 
And then to show that you want it, to show that you're worth investing the time into it, you're not just paying pay as you go, coaching, you know, oh, pay me and I'll show it because that's kind of how it is, but I'm not just going to take you down this route unless I know you're going to like, make the most of it because there's a risk involved. And I want you to understand that before we move forward. And you are going to be doing the safest way, but uh, do you want it? Why do you want Why? What is your reasoning? You're not, we, we want to be competitive bodybuilders, hence why we have to keep up with the Joneses, quote unquote. And that's that's why you know we're going down this way. It's the it's the worst part of bodybuilding to me, but it's what we have to do. We want to do it the right way, the safest way. Hence why we invest so much into it. Blah blah blah. blah. But going back to the lifestyle thing, now we agree on we'll show you the right way, and then make a decision. Yeah. See, so that's my. I think that's that's the only thing I think where we differ in that situation. I you I jump straight in. Matt, not. Again, look, like we, we, we did say this on a phone call. Like The people that I get consulting me for coaching have either done cycles already because of how I you know, display my demographic, or they've oh, yeah. done it themselves, and now are coming to me because they want to do it the right way, or they've already made the decision they're going to do it. It's not a case of them asking me my opinion. They just come to me and they're like, I want to do this, I want to do that. And it's like, well, right, shit, okay, he's obviously made up his mind, or yeah, shit, slow down. I'm going to whoosh him back <laughs> in a minute and we're going this direction i'm just going to help yeah. him right but see, yeah, yeah. if i have someone like that who is natural comes to me is on the fence then there's got to yeah. be a lot of communication you got you got to oh, lay yeah. out you know fertility do you want to have a family when you're older because you shutting down your hormone natural hormone production once you could be that genetic outlier that never starts again yeah let that sink in because th- that's a possibility mm. always is a very slim one, but it's potential. Could even happen to natural people when they fucking prep, man. Yeah. I mean, it's one of the things just to dive into quickly about fertility. Sorry, jumping on you. I've swallowed it and I've for a while. Potentially, it may not be on the cards. Is it a worry of mine? I'll be honest. Yeah. I really, it has been some, but can I accept that it may not happen? Yeah. I, I really can. And the longest way, you know, IVF, things like that, um, adoption. It's and it's deep, but that's the reality of the risk. Yeah, and it is worth it to me to take that because I fucking love what I do, and they walk hand in hand. But do you know that the individual asking, do you understand that risk? See, it's, it's a funny one because I didn't when I started. I I started my first cycle on my own, and I had no clue. What I'm, so I'm, I sound hypocritical. How old were you? Eighteen. Me too. I was eighteen. TTM 500 rip blend is what I was doing. Paid through the goddamn roof for it. Whoever <laughs> fucking sold it, I'm not gonna know. No, was making some decent money off me because I know how much that shit. I know how much that shit goes for. Um, but yeah, TTM 500, 300 test, 100 trend, uh, 100 master on oh, this. Yeah. I believe. I was 15 percent body fat, I believe, when I started. Turned into a water buffalo. Well, yeah, it looked like a guy who lifted, I guess, but went to IB. That's the I went to IB for, and that's why I wanted to. And I had like six weeks to go, like to before I went. You know, that's what people say. Oh, can you get me in shape in six weeks? And we've all had them. So, well, <laughs> depends if you're a hyper responder, mate. We hope you are because you have six weeks. It's not, and that's if six weeks of nailing it. That's not even adjusting to the process and understanding what you need to do and actually hitting the tasks. But yeah, long story short, it, it didn't work out best for me. And the, the domino has then fell from that moment onwards and didn't use for another three years before pursuing bodybuilding and investing in the coach and realizing the risks they were actually taking. 
But then I think the IBF I think leads us onto a, a big topic of conversation here is you know, there's eight billion people in the world. Is there actually eight now? I, I it was yeah, seven. right. I don't know, it's saying like that, it's seven or eight. Um, what does what does our opinion matter? You know, it's not our it's not our place to give an it opinion. Who asks? And then, yeah, of course, if he asks, but then your opinion can't come from an emotional standpoint. It just has to come from a factual. This is what's going to happen. These are the potential risks, and you you make that decision. My opinion means nothing, so I, I come at it really unemotionally now. Yeah, that is that's the key. It's, it's not yeah. not letting the emotion trickle into your decision because you just have to say A, B, C, decide. You know, it's not. Mm-hmm. I don't give a fuck. I'm not going to trust yeah. you. I don't care either way. Mm. But, and I am not. I am not going to talk you into it. That no, is one yeah, thing that I've seen happen. plenty of coaches push it, man. It's yeah. the worst. Do not, the I don't worst care. Thing. I do not care about an Instagram picture. Couldn't give a fuck about it. Of course, I, I want to get one. Myself. I can get one from natural guys. I don't need I can do it naturally. Say we're going into a progression progression phase. Like I have clients doing now. They are getting heavy. We're we're all, we are rolling with it. We are trying to maximize muscle gain in this time naturally. You're realistically not going to put on a lot of muscle in a year. That is fact. You're going to put on a decent amount, depending on how hard you're hitting it. But let's be honest, if you're enhanced, you will fucking hell, triple, quadruple those numbers in the same it's time frame. Genetic individuality in the person. Exactly you're that. going to do a lot more. Yeah. <laughs> That's the pinnacle. Mm. But, you know, the Ibiza thing. You know, how many, how many people... Look, look at our culture. Look at our generation now. Drugs, man. It's so widely accepted. <laughs> drugs, every, man. Every, drugs, man. Every fucking man, dog, and his nan is going to raves, getting off their tits on ketamine and pingers. Like, don't get me wrong, been there, done it in a past life and the, the old days. So I, but there's all these people doing that, and still, you, you know, we still take this big, like, wall. You know, mate, your boys come to ask you about jumping on a cycle was probably, you know, four or five hundred quid deep in uh fucking bag dealer's pocket at a weekend. Yeah. You know, that's the generation that we, we kind of live in now. So I guess the, the opinion of it, it has to be taken away. It, it's just irrelevant now. Mm-hmm. Back in the older days when things were a bit more taboo, then yeah. But I think the way the world's gone now, man, it, we're going to see a hell of a lot more of it. I think the, the demographic of coaching in a general sense has very much moved that way out unless you're specifically looking at like natural bodybuilding outside of that i think the way it's moved is it's going in the enhanced direction every every way you look it's what it's, yeah. if it's not if it's not anabolic and androgenic steroids it's what can i take that's not that that's a drug that's going to make me grow oh what can i can i just do an oral then to make it easier <laughs> <laughs> you know what i mean just just to go on to me we just got tagged in this do you know this guy, Maka Morris? Yeah, Maka G. Yeah, you know him. Yeah, just saying he tags bodybuilding prospects and you in something. I didn't know if you knew him or not. Yeah, Maka's. Um, so with all of my uh, men's physique guys, um, yeah. I send them to Maka for posing and ah, okay. Maka's. Yeah, no, Maka's really good. When I say you meet someone out and they have a love for bodybuilding. Yeah, Imagine yeah. that, but refined to just men's physique. Like he loves bodybuilding, but the man and men's physique, there's not a thing you can tell him about it. Like past showings, yeah. everything. Like just he just got true passion for it. When did he really last compete? Uh, with Hader. What is in? He was coached by Hader. No, 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 no. He was on stage with Hader. Oh, what? Which one? Because he hated fucking. The, 
I believe his first ever show. They're good friends. He was coached by he's coached by Evolution, yeah. He's now yeah, he's now with Tom Haynes, yeah. Yeah. I was saying he looked really young in there compared to how he looks in the off season. Maybe because he just got that face when it becomes back to normal, he looks five years older. Mum, I'm excited to see what he can bring. I'll I will be at his shows. Like he, he's um yeah, he's uh he's proven he's proven his worth, man. Trust me, he's he's a good lad. I will follow him. Better follow yeah. me back, you put <laughs> yeah, the um, Q and A time. Yeah, questions, questions, questions. So the funny, well, I mean, this one's going to take a while. <laughs> Which one is it? Oh, oh my god! High intensity versus reps in reserve style training. Forty marks. Discuss. Say that again. Uh, Jan. What do you say? What did he say? Oh, pecs. Um, high intensity versus reps and reserve style training. And he's put dash oh. 40 marks. Discuss. Why 40 marks? What's 40 marks? You lost me there, bud. But hey, look, high intensity versus reps and reserve. I'm guessing he's talking typical DC style, top set back off, leave everything in the tank uh, versus reps and reserve. Um, I'll kick it off with both have a place. Both definitely have a place uh, and you shouldn't marry yourself to one or the other. One example of where they could split or, you know, taking cues from both of both methodologies to apply to a training split, right? In a fat loss you phase. In, yeah, which you can, you definitely can. In a fat loss phase, do you want to be taking every single set to true systemic fatigue and failure and muscular failure? No, 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 because you're going to fry your CNS and your fat loss phase is going to be cut short because you need a maintenance to reset and get everything rolling again. Right, so reps and reserve would definitely apply better there. But, however, common... Well, actually, no, we'll, we'll, we'll swerve off on a tangent here. Actual mm. current literature, when we look at the, the, you know, the current best methods for hypertrophy, actually steers away from complete exhaustion and the muscle and fatigue anyway. Um, mm-hmm. It actually states that training within two to one rep and reserve from complete failure is actually the most optimal position mm-hmm. for hypertrophy, right? For growing tissue. Um, I'll have to, when I, when I uh, post this, I'll tag that study and reference it in the comments for anyone who is interested in actually looking at that. Mm-hmm. Um, but I like to train to failure. I love it. Uh, it. There's nothing better than going ball to the walls and actually taking yourself to a set, coming out of it and not being able to talk because it's something about it, man. That's why we all started. That's how we all started training was just going in there and finding your feet and playing around. But let's take the growth growth phase, for example, right? You're going to want to train within some proximity to failure across most of your sets. But even just say the last set of every movement, take that one to complete mechanical failure. Incorporate the two into it. Don't just, um, I'm only going to do, I'm going to build up to my top set and I'm going to go top set back off because chances are you're probably not hitting enough volume and you're definitely not moving enough weight to progress like actually mechanically progressively overload that tension on the muscle from workout to workout you know let's be honest if we're doing like a barbell back squat top set back off say you're doing four plates you're probably not going to next week go and put four and a half on or anything that's notable to actually see progression mechanically and uh, sorry in terms of mechanical tension so a reps and reserve approach with more accumulated sets 
you've got mm. you've got more parameters to progress on. Yeah. Because if you're hitting that that those volume landmarks, they could be too short for you. That top set and that back off, you may require more volume in order to progress. You know, to to get hypertrophy, to get muscle gain, to grow muscle. Yeah. If you're doing top set and back off, you may need statistically and to figure out for you as a person, you may need two or three removing your back off just two or three top working sets to hit those volume landmarks you need to progress so you may be cutting yourself short on actual progression yeah. due to not knowing yeah reps and reserve is still very new in my whole career of bodybuilding and the progression is still there i've done both ways i've done high intensity oxygen plan as we mentioned before was the name of it because essentially it was drops to everything and you were gassed to every every workout but you do become conditioned to that i will be honest and we did we didn't really know what a deload was, so you, you kind of ignored any sort of signal that you were in need of one. You just had to kind of deal with it or had a lighter session. I can't remember too many of them when me and you, when we were training together, oh, we'll have a bit of a lighter one, but I get, they were there. I do remember small it days. Got to a point, it got to a point where we was having to, we, we couldn't do the weight week in, week out consistently, so we had to back off oh. for a couple of weeks. That was just how it was. Uh, Some guys was can. Some guys can because if you're thinking of it, oh, actually, what we technically did was some form of a deload without knowing. Yeah. Volume was still probably too much. Statistically, you know, always going to put that there because we have no real data to back that up apart from, oh, we feel all right now. Now let's work back up to our top weight, you know. But the time it took to actually get back to that point was probably longer than it would be if we actually deloaded. I hope that makes sense. Yeah, looking like the general, the versus situation, high intensity, so going ball to the walls for one or two sets or, you know, taking every set to failure and then training in reps and reserve. I think if you're an individual who can genetically recover from that type of training, then you're probably, you are going to be better off putting the muscle through more. But we do have to say, I don't, I don't think I've seen many who can take yeah. that kind of fucking hounding man and it doesn't leave a lot for progression the, the, just the metric of reps in reserve is something you could progress you mm -hmm. could do the same reps the same volume same so same reps same sets same weight across a four-week block but if you go from four reps in reserve all the way down to one rep in reserve on the final week you've progressed you've mm -hmm. you've done more so yeah it's a metric then, you use. You're taking that metric away. You don't use it. And then where you end at the end of that block of your one rep, maybe even zero reps in reserve, and you're hitting the um, these amount of weights on that movement, for example, with chest press, you've worked up to be at 100 kilos for four working sets. That then will become, so for 10, 12 reps, that has then become your start point for the next one of that weight of those, of those loads. And you are going to have to, if you want your graph to be doing this, because we always want the graph doing this, you are going to have to push yourself to progress, whether it's by one rep or one kilo, 1.25, 2.5 or a five, even is that, that is what you're going to need to do. You look back at your logbook or heavy set, whatever you're using, whatever app you're using. I did, I just the same as what I do. I did 100 for 10 last time. I now have to hit 105 for 10 or I'm going to have to hit 100 for 11, just as an example, just to make sure I have progressed and I haven't flatlined. Yeah. So yeah, to answer the question, um, Mixed I both. don't. It's a. Uh, it's definitely something to to debate and talk about. I think it's definitely something 
you need to look at both ends of it. You need to look at where in my macro cycle, right? So the, the you know, the buildup of microcycles throughout a, a phase, whether it's a growth phase or a fat loss phase, what is the most viable option to drive the necessary stimulus to make progress at that given point in time? And that's going to change across the growth phase. It's going to change as you progress the same way in a fat loss phase. It's going to change over time as the body responds and, and you get into new environments and new territory everything's going to have to be applied in a slightly different way to each individual. So don't my, my end cap for me, I don't know if you want to clarify any more hours, yeah, we'll, we'll. just don't marry yourself to either or don't be one of them people that's I only train to failure all the time or high intensity as it's called, or I only train in reps and reserves. Get them both in the middle. Use, use a mixture. Because essentially you will be working at a high intense level at some point in your mesocycle when you are having to work to failure for the last week, maybe, maybe two weeks, something like that. You put a story up of us too. You could have let me smile a little while I'm chatting shit. Um, yeah, you must be on that one. Uh, oh, brainwave, you brain fart because you took that picture. Um, but yeah, you can put the two together. Simple as that. We've done it both ways. One way works better for George and one way works just as well for me. And I'm on a new venture to find out the other way if it works for me as well. Reps in reserve versus high intensity. Do whatever the F you want to do because it's your physique, it's your journey, it's your passion. Get amongst it. You know, guys that are athletes, coaches themselves going into it, whatever. Just do what you want to do. Does it work for you? Yes. But just because it works for you doesn't mean it's going to work for someone else. So try and pick up the knowledge of other styles, you know introducing different types of training some guys you know pds like to put tabata training and things like that and then in fucking circuit training because it's good for the client bread, it's it's it. huh that's a bread in it the bread Ch chibata. that's tabata tabata training google it um oh you keep making me lose my train of thought because <laughs> you keep saying silly things like Chibata training, man. It's not it's Tabata. I'm calling tabata. it Chibata now. That's Italian Chibata training. You, know what? you do a lot of this. Training. This is what you do. You just do this when you're training. You hold on to that. We're Googling the exact <laughs> definition of Tabata. Because I had it in one of my earlier programs a long time ago. Oh, dear. Um, <laughs> while you're looking that up, <laughs> Muscle yeah. Origin, my little, uh, my guy, shout out to Muscle Origin. Um, He's a he's a he's a fan from India. Really? <laughs> yeah, he's a he's a G. He comments on everything, mate. He's he's very there. Um, but yeah, best pin? best injection sites for subcutaneous areas to pin. Oh, for me, anywhere that's fat. Well, there we go. It doesn't matter where. There's no best site. It's just where's comfortable for you to get to. Mobility. I like lower back fat, but when I'm in my peak off season, I can't get around there for shit. So I go on the belly. You can go in the if you got chunk just anywhere. There's there's layers. Just I wouldn't pin the same place every time. Yeah, that's the really because you you will get a bit sore. We've known people to have some quite strange bruising going on because you're abusing one place. Did you um, see the um uh, the YouTube I put up about uh, intramuscular versus sub sub C? I shared it as in I shared the thing. Me did watch that, it, yeah. <laughs> Mate, in, in the study of in the <laughs> fucking bastard, Bro's <laughs> gonna grow. I have to share it at least, even if I didn't so want right, to. You, you did 50% of the job, that's all that matters. In the study I referenced in it, they um was looking at like did it did it change the pharmacokinetics of the uh, testosterone I used? 
uh, watch the video if you want to find out the information about it. But the thing that they did was they used four mil of this, the amount of anabolic suspended in oil, and that four mil got put sub Q, uh, sub Q, subcutaneously. Before I, my, I get angry when people do that, it's sub C, but subcutaneous, yeah. four mil. But that, I'm, I'm confused when you say four mil when I'm thinking, why is he not mentioning milligram? No, because it was a thousand. It stayed the same between because it's a That's study. You had to have everything. Um, yeah. So, so a thousand, it. thousand migs, a thousand migs of testosterone undecking away. So it's lasted fucking ages. But they split between some group did intramuscular, some group did sub C. Yeah. But it was suspended in four mil of fluid. So intramuscular okay. four mil and sub yeah. sub C four mil. Yeah. Four Why mil. don't you say sub Q? Because uh, it, it it sounds like a, we're going to get into this now, right? So yeah. when you say the word subcutaneous, <laughs> yeah, sub Q, you you pronounce in the start of the Q. Cutaneous. You're saying no because it's a C. Yeah, I know it's a C, but you're there. We go. This is going to be funny because obviously, yeah, that's fine. Sub- I don't mind. I don't mind people you, saying it. Cutaneous. You, you you're saying sub Q because you're abbreviating it. We're not saying the. All right, letter- we'll call it subcut then because that's the first three letters. You know, it's CU Q. Right. Okay, I settled this. I did. I did. I had this exact conversation because I settled this with one of my clients. I sometimes say sub Q is in like cutaneous, but yes. when someone writes sub and then the letter Q in like a comment or when they ah. that drives me nuts because it's that's just it's just incorrect. Um, <laughs> you don't argue. It's inc- It's incorrect. It's, it's not right. It's not right. It's just not right. It's, my brain just goes eh. Uh, same guy how to store preloaded insulin syringes and how many days medicine still save in plastic syringe. Basically, I'm I guessing he's saying, um, can can you preload your insulin for the week? Now, we've had this conversation with Joe. Get the pencil pot out, preload for the week, drop them in the <laughs> pencil pot, and then as you need them... Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so you I can... Don't mind the bridge. I, don't, I don't preload personally. It doesn't take up too much of my time. Um, I just keep mine in the fridge, and that's how I do it. And then uh, so you, it depends. Win. It obviously depends on what you know uh, PED you're using. You know, if it's anabolic, yeah. they don't need to go in the fridge. But if it's growth hormone, it needs to be yeah. suspended in. Uh, sorry, left in a you know two to four degree environment. Once it's, the solution's mixed, um, things like insulin and that, I don't, I'm not too fast on keeping them in the fridge, man. So keep it all with it. That's all I do. Keep that yeah, away. just. If you're going to preload, only do a week in advance. But ultimately, you could probably preload a month. <laughs> it, it, you know, the decay rate of anabolic and anabolic steroids is extremely long, man. Yeah. You're going to lose, mm-hmm. I, I can't remember the study exactly. I believe it was like 1% down regulation over like nine years or something silly. So when yeah. it has the expiry date, you can ignore it most yeah. of the time. Um, so yeah, preload them, fire away. If it makes it more efficient in your day and week, then... I know plenty of people that do. Um, backload them. Don't don't you know? Stick it in and pull it out and draw like you would normally. Uh, get a drawing set up. Uh, you know, thirty-two gauge green and uh, syringe. Pre-load your insulin syringes so you're only going in the skin once. You don't blunt them. Um, load what them you up mean by that is you're not using the same pin to go into your insulin through the rubber cap, which can blunt. There is studies on blunting the need obviously you are going into something first it's not the first time it's been something hence why if you do that which i've done numerous times i don't really mind it and it goes in and it feels a little bit more resistant because of the bluntness the tiny you, f- you feel it man 
You do yeah, feel you it. Feel it. You, you do feel it. Let's be honest. But, but it's I'm, not. I hold my hands up here. We, me and Zoe, run out um, of instant syringes, and we was like, "Oh shit, this is." Oh, I'm so out of whack here. Fuck. Uh, so I put the order on. I, I couldn't get next day. So the earliest it would come was three days. So we had four that we'd use that day. But bro, they them four got dusted every day until the new ones turned up. Oh mate, I've had the same ones. I was in the hotel. I accidentally only packed three, and. <laughs> Guess what? We were rolling. Yeah. <laughs> it, it's it's still well. It was an insight because me and my paranoid self, I don't like to use these things yeah. more than once, but I had to. I was like, you know what? We'll try it. If it's too bad, don't have to. It's okay. You're gonna lose a few days, but it's it is what it is. Yeah. And it went fine. Did I feel a bit odd doing it? Yeah, but it nitty. was okay. Is it is it hygienic? No. Not by any means. I don't recommend, but in certain situations, it's either you don't do your pets or you do. But mm-hmm. as long as you're not sharing, it's fine. <laughs> in my yeah. book. Fucking never. literally any other rule is whenever you've got availability to have them, use, put it in your sharps pot, done. Yes. Every single one you use. Yeah. Um a little bit of a, a normal question. So how long do you train for? Shout out to, to Jay Harding. 7PT. What are you saying? Um, my sessions can range. Leg sessions are always the longest for me. Maybe similar for you. Purely because of the amount of rest I have to take in between working sets. Because um, I only have three minute work, uh, sorry, three minute rest on my leg workouts compared to other workouts where they're two minutes or one minute or 90 seconds. Um, so on average, from the moment I walk in, I'll always have a catch up with a few friends, things like that at the start, maybe go to the toilet um pre-workout in put my headphones on hour and a half two hours is me if i'm in there any longer than that i've known i've chatted too much shit to people because i do get involved in conversation sometimes too much <laughs> understatement of the year as george knows as george knows i don't mind it too much anymore but back in the days when i used to you know it was a bit toxic should we say I oh, yeah. yeah, used to drive me. I was just like, I would just cack on with a workout. You'd see me out, be like, oh, oh thanks for waiting. I'd be like, bro, I've done two exercises. Like, I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm, here. I'm here. I'm getting that. I was, I, you weren't even sorry. I'm, they didn't even come out of your mouth. <laughs> just, I'm, I'm just cracking on. It, it's just, I just know if, if I see Al start talking to more than one person, I might as well just carry on. <laughs> it's done. <Yeah>. We're done. <laughs> Other people have picked up on that as well. Like, if they're jumping in, like, I turn around, I went to go, and he's, he's already going again. I'm like, Okay. Yeah. Maybe I was talking to someone for too long, but it's hard. Yeah, bad right? thing, man. You're just a nice, likable person. I, I care about other people as well. You know, I want to know about what's going on with them, and you're having some cool conversations about what their plans are and all that sort of shit. I'm not talking to them to talk about me. You know, yeah. we're having a catch up. You know, I don't go clubbing anymore, so I don't talk to many people. That's kind of like, yeah, I don't socialize only with my girlfriend. Um, um, so training time for me. I would love to give you a definitive answer. I'm very much, a, I'll go in, I'll quickly go for a piss, usually a pre-workout shit because the, the pre's hit me quite quickly. That caffeine dump comes in and has to, has to be done. Uh, and I'll start training and I'll get it done and dusted as needs to be done, right? I don't really like to talk much. Um, people in the gym, that if they, they listen to this, they'll know that I don't mean to look like an asshole, but when I go in and put them headphones on or the earphones in, I'm there to do a job. I want to get my sets done. I'm looking at my rest time. I'm looking at my sets, reps. and I'll talk after training and I'll talk before if the conversation is there to be had. Um, but, you know, training time is, it varies from session to session. My leg days for at the moment, for example, 
three leg sessions a week and two of them only have three exercises in the sessions. Now, at the moment, it's probably 45 minutes to an hour in and out. But by week five of my mezzo, it's going to be like two hours of legs, but only doing three exercises. Like the volume change over time is going to make my sessions very, very long. Um, and I'm doing two sessions on my upper body per day at the moment. So that's split AM, PM again. At the moment, they're probably about an hour each session. So two hours max. But by the end of it, they're probably going to be hour and a half to two hour sessions each side of the AM, PM split. So training time just varies, man. I don't really have like a consistent time. Uh, I'm very fortunate that being a full-time coach, I don't really have, I can make my day suit my schedule, you know? So if I've got to train twice a day, the laptop comes with me and I get work done in between sessions. Like you just manipulated the suit. So there's not really like a, I've only got two hours to train. I, however I need, I need. Yeah. And if I'm late for anything in particular, then I'm late. That's kind of where he's going with it. And not a lot of people could compare to George's way purely because he is on AM, PM set training. Minimal people have the opportunity to do that. Yeah. And it's a venture he's going on to take part in this to see what he can achieve over long periods of time while doing this style of training with the volume split over this time, getting feeding times in between work blocks and then going back to have that fatigue wash off of other body parts to then pursue other body parts. It, it can be something special. I, I'll tell you now, I like it. Yeah. It's annoying. It, it does take up a lot of your time though, wouldn't you like to say? Like, as in, it's annoying because you live how far from the gym 20 minutes so that's 20 and you're driving there twice a day no 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 no. so i'll drive there and uh, yeah. i'll either go to a coffee shop in between sessions or i'll sit in the front if there's not many people earphones in still laptop out get on with whatever needs to be done so it's not like you know, it's, it's, it doesn't really feel like it takes much out of the day when the sessions okay. get longer yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. i was thinking because I thought you were going home at some oh. time. And I was thinking, wow, that's going to be definitely. But, and what's been good is like when you're present, obviously in the gym, you are, you know, I know you're in work mode at home, but you're in like super work mode essentially because you're still in the gym, people walking past you, you know, I'm not sure if they're going to try to talk to you while you're doing your it's work. It's hard. Like it's a very social environment, that place. Yeah. People do try to talk to me. And I've oh, hey, couple- George, like, you're not training. Can I speak to you? I've had yeah. a couple of times where I've looked at them with my headphones and I've, I've heard a noise and I've looked up and I've looked at them and it's gone back into my work. And it's not because I'm being rude or that I, I haven't, I don't want to acknowledge them. But when they, again, when the earphones are in, I'm, I'm either on a call with someone, on listening to something, working, doing something that requires my attention. And I, I hopefully people in that gym don't think I'm arrogant or I'm an arsehole, but it's just how I am. When I'm zoned in on something, I've got to be zoned in on it or it won't get done, which is why I like my office because it just keeps me in Out the way. Yeah. Mm. But no, it's, uh, if I had a home gym, which I would love to, it, I would even like to own a gym one day. So my office is at the gym. So I'm just in my work environment. I would train every single like split AM, PM on everything. I would not. I would not change it for the world. The ability to go in, bust your bollocks, come out, eat, refeed, glycogen retention back up to optimal, chill for a little bit, let the let the PNS drop off a little bit, relax, and then back in. Mm. Like, insane. You go into the second session, you've got like a semi pump still lingering. You didn't get a new one on these new other muscle groups. It's just it just looks great. Yeah, but hopefully something that some people be able to do one day. You know, and try. I'd love to be able to try it out one day myself. Um, but obviously, we understand that some people in their working situations is going to be difficult to do that. 
Um, but it's definitely something, if you can, definitely George is somebody's first. And I can't say it because I haven't done it. Um, but to go into more information on it, definitely worth speaking to him about it. Yeah, Next it is, um, it's very, very good. The last question we got was from the classic ghost. Big up, Leon. Big up. Big Did love for this pleasure. question. This is a good, it's a good question. I liked it. it it's, uh, I saw it and it, it's been kind of sat in the back of my brain all day because I'm trying to figure out how I'd go about it. But basically he said... Um, I'll, tell, I'll read the exact question out. Build your perfect physique with anyone's body parts from any era. Now, I'm, this is going to take a lot of thought, man. Start, obviously, let's let's go from the bottom up. And don't say, don't say um, bloody thingy's feet again. Because <laughs> I will fucking slap you. Lee Haney's feet. Lee, <laughs> Lee Haney's feet, man. No, I'm anyone who's a feet person. I'm not, they don't make me come across my feet. Either. I'm not a feet person. It was just a joke <laughs> I said about the physique. Arnold's Austrian flippers. Austrian fucking flip cakes. Right, let's start with calves. Ooh. Okay, who's calves? To my memory, Big Remy has a rather large set of calves. Let me quickly go on. But, see, the problem... <laughs> um... Let's be honest. No one gives a fuck about calves. I don't care who you are. Uh, I'm training them every fucking day at the minute, so I hope people do. So I'm yeah, trying but... to build some. Okay. Oh, no, he doesn't. Nah. No, he doesn't. I'll take that back. Wow. See, I don't... Tom, I, I want to say Tom Platts for the entire lower. Tom Platts for the entire lower. Not just his, go, uh, no, are we, we gonna are we gonna split are we yeah. gonna split the quads and yeah. hamstrings up? Yeah, we are. Okay. I already know whose hamstrings I'm picking. Ronnie and then we'll go into okay, afterwards. Ronnie Coleman's calves. Have you seen them? I think a video of his actually did just pop up. I'm gonna go for calves, Ben Pakowski. Okay. EPAC. For those that don't know who Ben Pakowski is, Canadian bodybuilder. Um, go on to the quads. I'm the great. Quads. Tom, Tom Platts. I'm going to go Tom Platts. I, really, I think Tom Platts' quads did look so good purely because they were oversized compared to his physique. And that's just my yeah. opinion. They're not yeah. still amazing. I think because his legs were such a dominant body part. Same as Ben Pakowski as well, the same thing. Same as Antoine Valiant, Valent. I think Valent, I don't want to say his name wrong. Um, overpowered legs of physique so they make him look even more incredible because the rest of physique isn't as big as the legs are well, quite yeah I can see that man but I'm just looking I'm just purely on what it looked like so I'm just trying to merge it together quads who cares about putting it together hey if you're gonna if you want to just talk about overall mass then fucking haddy no no current no, haddy um, fucking quads man quads I'm sticking with Tom Platts on that one. I'm going to go Big Remy. Yeah. I, yeah, I, I'll give you that. It, it, I'm some. I'm not going to tell you one, but I definitely... They're fucking something special, man. They are... The size and the condition that his quads are in is retarded because usually when they get that big, you blur. You, you know, you can't get dug out. It just doesn't... Especially with when you hear about the amount of SEO um, site enhancement that was being used 
in a straight line near enough down his quads and how the issue he was having before with getting in condition due to this, I believe, is what yeah. I've heard. Podcasting, things like that. I'm not saying I know fucking anything. I'm just saying what I've heard. But definitely when he first won his first Mr. Olympia, those quads are phenomenal. To make a pro bodybuilder's quads look small, you have to be something phenomenal. And Big Ramy does that every time. Fair enough. What about hamstrings? What are you saying on hands? Phil Heath, 2011. Oh, you bastard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was going to say Phil's hand drop, mate. It's just, yeah. it's just elite. Yeah. If anyone doesn't know, look at Phil Heath when he does any posing. He will point to his fucking hamstring when he turns to the side just to yeah. show everyone, yeah. look at my hamstring. Is it This hangs um, like a prime bit of steak here. Have a look. Um, abdominals, midsection. Ooh. So we'll put, we'll put abdominals and waist together as the same person. <sighs> yeah, okay, fair enough, because I, I was just going to... Um... I was going to refer to Go just on. The, the midsection in general. Yeah, yeah. Um, um, who's yours? You better go with some classic cunt because he can vacuum. Nah, 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 nah. Um, oh, what's his name? It better not be the same guy. I can't think. It'd be interesting if it is the same guy. Is your guy a classic guy? An old, an old guy. He is. Yeah, he is an old guy. What? Um, what origin is he? Um, golden era black work. Yeah. Ah. Where, where, where's he from? Because it might be the same guy I've got on my screen right now. Show me the screen. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now that. How his name um, come to me? It's Serge Nabray. Dan Nabray, yes. Yeah. Oh, mate, the original Black Panther. That. The original Black Panther. That yeah, that, so that waist and midsection, 100%. Yeah. The greatest midsection to ever grace bodybuilding, in my opinion. Yeah. Purely because when it gets that sort of distorted look of vascularity over the abdominals, I'm not a fan of. That is just so clean. He's got he's yeah. got that again, that black bubbly genetic. His yeah. abs structure is so prom- uh, prominent, man. And it's tight. Yeah, but it looks bubbly, it looks big. Yeah. And there was something that I read when there was a rumor not here at these forums, how many um, how much ab work he did daily um, for his midsection. You know, you see all these things on threads. Things like that. I think it was over a thousand crunches or sit-ups something a day. This is what I heard. Who knows if it's true? No one's ever going to really know unless someone knew who they were. But yeah, that is, I'm, glad, I'm so mad that we agreed on that. Yeah, yeah, 100%, man. Surge is mid. The minute you said waste, I was sat there going, I can see the image in my head. I can see the fucking, I can see that shot. I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah, the original OG Black Panther. I'm sorry, Rough Diesel, but nah. So, yeah. so it was the original. Um, chest. Army. See, I, I, don't, I, I don't like. I fucking him. don't want to say it. I don't like him. I'm sorry. I, I'm not anymore. I, I I don't either. He went. He went very downhill recently. Um, not even that, mate. I was never a fan of the whole. I, I was got into bodybuilding when Phil Heath was Mr. Olympia, starting off when I started yeah. the gym. So that is who I looked at as the pinnacle of bodybuilding. That is I'd, I'd agree with that statement. Head. I'd agree. Mm. But yeah, I just you look back to his you look back to his chest, man. When he was when it, it, it is the greatest it's phenomenal. It, it, I think it carried him a long way. Of course it did. The the, that, you know, the, that, vacuum, the that vacuum structure with you know the ribcage structure with that fucking Aside it's the, it's the Deepness, it's so yeah. long. Mm-hmm. When he I mean, pops so it up, and, he, and you see the the rib cage sit up, like 
it looks like someone's bloody um, fucking traps. Like yeah. someone's opened up a lap spring. It looks like they're trapped and sat on the fucking lumpy bit. Mm. Yeah, mad. Uh, definitely go on each chest. Yeah, I'll also, sorry, I'll also throw in a name for the midsection, Sean Roden. Yeah, I could, uh, when, yeah, I'll give you that. Sean he, Roden he's won a contender. In 2018, when I watched the Olympia live at like two in the morning, and I was sitting in my bed, I remember it. And he come out and hit a front double. And I was like, that is the cleanest physique I've seen in so long. And I was actually like, wow. And it's interesting when you say wow to someone, that that's the person that won. He was the only person that made me say wow. Um, but yeah, Sean Rowe in the midsection as well. Not as oh, modern day, yes, against Classicaria, era, Serge Debray. It's, it's a toss-up between those two. Yeah, I still, I still don't think he comes close to Serge, but he's a, he's a contender. I'd throw him in the mix, yeah. but I don't think he comes out anywhere near top. Um, Delts. <laughs> Dale was an overall, not just Rears and fucking Nancy. Jay Cutler. Jay. Oh. Uh, yeah, no, I'm going Jay. Who has phenomenal Dale? I mean, Phil Heath did, but they weren't like. That's, what, that's the second, that's the next <laughs> name. Same fucking shit. Because I'm thinking of the crab shot. Yeah, 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 yeah. He hits it like that, and it's just bubbling. Yeah, it's well, it was it was the year that Jay downsized. Mm. He downsized. He come out and he looked four times as big. The Delt. I'll go. I'll go. Phil Heath. Okay. I'm always going to Phil Heath will always trump a lot. I think he's my favourite boy. Are, are we going to include arms as like a separate bicep tricep thing, or can we just? Yeah, yeah, we do biceps and triceps. Uh, now it confuses my answer though because I want to just say Nick Walker's arms. I want to just I want to throw that in the mix. For me, I would like uh, Nick Walker's arms are elite. They're so I've, they're the biggest arms I've seen without mm. losing, you know, condition shape. Yeah. They normally normally when arms get that big, they just become that fucking massive lump. Yeah, you can see there's a nice peak on the bicep. The tricep hangs up when he hits his shots. He's not blurred lines on the short and long heads of the triceps like. For me, I've got to put that on there. I may have to come back to that. <laughs> this is what I mean. If you split it into tricep bicep, it becomes very hard. Because I'd just say Peter Molnar for triceps. Ah, but he doesn't look that good compared to other people. He looks good it's, in pictures. It's, just the cla- it's the way he hits it, his triceps. He's a classic guy. But he when he stands on, yeah, I know. When he stands on... Uh, isn't he an IFBB elite pro? Was no, he- no, he's, he's Olympia qualified, I believe. Oh, okay. No, he must have moved over then. Because I thought he was like that. Yeah. Um, they call him. They call him the freezer. I think they call him. But he stood up when he stood. No, he can't. Yeah, he can't be an elite pro anymore, obviously, because he fucking competed. When when I saw him on stage with the other classics guys, I, I was expecting something amazing. And when he stood next to them, he looked average. Well, on, his, on his own, he looks surely phenomenal. Yeah, yeah. In, in an Insta photo. <laughs> yeah, let me try. Let me find this side tricep. Or on his own, it would probably. He's be. freaky. No, don't get me wrong. He's fucking freaky. The insertion points are a joke. Look, look, at, at look at that tricep. You can't deny it. And that, he's got a savage physique. He must pin every meal in that tricep. But, uh, yeah, arms. Oh, fuck. I really, I really am going to come back to it because I'm going to have to have a scroll. If you're going to um, split it, I'll probably put Robbie Robinson's bicep. Or Paul Delette's bicep. Or Paul Delette. Now, Robbie Robinson's uh, bicep. Robbie Robinson. 
He just pissed me off. He started started being a turd on Instagram to everyone. Sergio Oliva, not Junior, just Sergio Oliva. Hoover tricep, though, man. Are you going to stick with Peter? No one really. No, no, because you can't. I'd rather go open. Sorry. To everyone that loves classic. Fuck off. I'm trying to think. Who's got phenomenal arms? Who's got the most phenomenal arms in open bodybuilding ever? Nick. Ronnie Coleman, it was his worst shot. So I tricep. Ah, tricep. Ah. Robbie Robinson's bicep. Kevin Lavroni's tricep. Let me look Kevin Lavroni in that front shot. That, oh, front of the mic everywhere. You know, where he clasped the hand. It's not yeah. the crab, but it's kind of the, the most muscular. Yeah, but that's not hitting it in the side tricep. They are still I'm looking at them now. Yeah. Yeah, but just look at the size of them, man. Oh, no. Nah. Roly Winkler's triceps. Yeah, but I just can't not see him as he does. Nah, bro, let me show you this. <laughs> First thing I typed Rolly. in, they came up with triceps. Hey, Roly. <laughs> look at the size man's, of it. Man's got more croissants than a French pastry. Trust me, he is the bakery. That should be his nickname. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know if this is photoshopped. (laughs) No, his arms. When he when he did the uh, day of the life of Nathan Diasha, I know he's a bit out of touch now, but even then, when he sat there, man, he sits there. His arms just dwarf everyone in the room. I don't know why I didn't think of Roddy. I still, I still stick with my decision though. If we're going complete arm, Nick Walker, just I'll go Nick Walker bicep, and then. But no, Robert, you know what? I'll go Arnold bicep just because of the shape. The the. But then that's why I chose Robbie Robinson, man. Have you seen the peak on that? It's bubbly, black man genetic, and peaky. Let me look. Let me look. It's good. Oh wow! It's very it's, it's very similar to Arnold as well. That's what it? I mean. But it's got that bubble to it. It's fucking stupid, is what it is. Yeah, that with Kevin Lebron's tricep, I think could be a mean arm. The only thing with Lebron, though, I think. This is, I'm not slating him at all, but I, you know, like what we said about Tom Platt's legs looking so big because the rest of him wasn't. Yeah. When you look at his arm structure, his delts, <laughs> he didn't have massive delts. Hey, so Arnold. I think the arms look Lavroni. Okay. Yeah. So I think the tricep looks so big in some of them shots because the delt wasn't as big as it could have been to balance yeah. out. Mm. Maybe that's what I'm looking at. Maybe that's what I'm seeing. Yeah. Yeah. I definitely got Arnold's biceps, traps. biceps. traps. Who's traps? I'll go Dex- Dexter Jackson. Just just because you make me and you're in the same wavelength for this, right? It's that he's one of the only ones who still hit, who did hit the most muscular, like the original style, and it was all trapped. That famous shot of him grinning like no tomorrow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, that's interesting. We think the same way. And people think, <laughs> oh, yeah, they're, they're pretty. Nah. Oh, I've lost you, Al. Right, so people, we have um, we've lost Al. He is currently frozen in a very pretty face. Um, but yeah, I think that means we call it there. Um, I'm, I'm guessing his laptop. <laughs> she can't stop looking at his face. <laughs> Class. Anyway, so yeah. Uh, after that little weird uh, technical issue last night, we are back. We have, um, I, don't, I don't actually know what happens. I can only apologise. Al froze for like a good half hour and probably the best face I've ever seen. Um, mm. <laughs> and then it all just cut out. So here we are. But we were just finishing off 
uh, formulating and making our bodybuilder of all ages, all different body parts. Yeah. Um, the one we didn't do. We got to the back, and I believe that's where we finished off, because who did we say for delts? I don't even think we said delts. I said for delts, if I remember rightly. Yeah, they cut, uh, I'll happily clear with that. He was um, Phil Heath again, if I, if I remember. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah, just Phil Heath because of the bubbliness again. Then again, yeah, we'll go Phil Heath. Um, On to the back. Everyone's going to say Ronnie Coleman had the best back ever. Nah. Um, I, oh, cool. We're going to split the traps and lats? Uh, well, I say traps. I'm going to go Dex Jackson for the lats. Obviously, yeah, I know. Oh, we did do traps. We did do traps. Yeah. We did that after shoulder. Um, but the back is overall. Who's back I find the most impressive out of any bodybuilder just by him standing still is Brandon Curry. Uh, no one could deny that. You know, he just stands there and walks, the videos him walking through the gym. That is just because of the taper and the size of it. But I'm not saying it's the best back ever. I am going to say it's going to be Phil Heath again. Phil Heath is essentially, for me, 50% of this dream physique. Purely he's my favourite bodybuilder ever. I'd say it's a toss-up between Brandon Curry or Marcus Wall. See? It's because of our fucking wham. That when he does his last spread, how chunky that fucker was. Mm. It's like people are going to say about the size. I prefer a detailed back. Yeah, Phil Heath's lat spread wasn't the greatest, but back overall is, of course, with two shots of the back double in the and the real lap. You're going to talk about the most complete bodybuilder to ever exist. I got I, I don't care if I if this is a, upset someone, but I think that like I said, the 2018, uh, 20, 20, 20, 20, 2011, and 2012, Phil Heath. That was it. Sorry, no, it's 2012. It's 2012, not 2018. Fuck me, we're way off. <laughs> um, I'm way off. No, that that 2012 was the most mm. complete. Anyone. Just Google 2012 Phil Heath, Mr. Olympia. And then you can feel free to jump in my DM and argue with me why that physique isn't the best physique. To there, wasn't, there wasn't a shot. It was just every shot was perfect. It was just insertion points, symmetry, lines, fullness, pitting at the peaks, which is perfect. And then for a couple of years, he had running. Mm-hmm. That, to me, that was the pinnacle of bodybuilding then. Genetically, Modern, I know we don't understand yeah. that genetic card, but genetically, he has got something that that I no one has. It's almost, like it's almost perfection. Yeah, looks like he's made of wax, is what I used to say. Yeah, um, that's what it looked like. But then again, when is someone going to be another Phil here? If it doesn't, that's not really going to happen. Same as people say about another Ronnie Coleman. Was I the biggest fan of Ronnie Coleman's physique? I'm not going to lie, no. Not, that's just my opinion. Was it enormous and conditioned and freaky? Yeah, which is impressive in its own way. But I would always say I liked Flex Wheeler's physique over Ronnie Coleman's physique. That's just my opinion. That is what I look at, my opinion on bodybuilding. Same as why some individual would say, do you know what? I think Breon Ainsley or Chris Bumstead is the pinnacle of bodybuilding. That is what a physique should look like. Or someone might Breon. say, uh, Breon Ainsley. Breon. Yeah. Yeah, someone might someone might love his physique more than anyone else. Everyone's going to be a fan of that. Someone might say Raphael Brandao is someone is clapped. Well, Mr. Olympia, he's a classic physique, Mr. Olympia. You can't deny it. He was top dog. So he, he got that was a pity vote, man. He was probably one of the, he was like, he was one of the he was one of the few that turned up. I'm pretty sure he was two time. Nah. If I'm not mistaken. Nah, Brion's nah. He's, he, he's the definition you know when we talk about like classic bodybuilders and saying like you have to, you have to look classic 
shape, lines, flow, symmetry, insertion points, genetic structure to fit the classic look. Like when you yeah. look at Chris Bumstead and you look at Rough Diesel, two fucking opposite ends of the spectrum, but the proportions mm. and the look to their physique, it is classic. It's just two different scales, you know? One's big, one's little. Do you agree with some of the top classic physique guys over the years? But Brion is the definition of a small bodybuilder. He's a bodybuilder that just wouldn't get big enough. What about George DeBall? He come third, obviously, for numerous years. He dropped down to 2 one two, didn't he? He didn't drop down, he went up. Yeah, sorry, I don't know why I classed that as dropping down. He, he turned into yeah. a class, but because it's not bodybuilding, I always say drop down. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think he did better in two. Placing wise, didn't come off better in two on two, but he suited the physique better. Yeah, but he shouldn't have been in classic. I said it, and so did a lot of people. You know, not I'm, I was never a social media hater or anything like that. But just looking at his physique, he's like he's a bodybuilder. That's a bodybuilding structure. Yeah, yeah. But I'm just I'm wondering. I'm like, why is he being put in third place in a classic physique, Olympia? And of course, I'm not an IPV judge by any means, but it's like that's not. You can't compare him to someone like Ralph Diesel. You can't. No. Terrence Ralph Same as Brion, though. There's a reason why Brion won't he's, like, he's on the edge, in my opinion. He's just on the edge. But yeah, the more, the older he gets, the, the, and now the look, the favourable looks now change. You now can't really compare him to Chris Bumstead. You're just not going to beat that, are you? An enormous ribcage, Tony Ways, great lines, the moustache as well to, to top it off. And That's one thing I will never do. What? Mate, the amount of fucking fellas that have a mustache See, look, now. I'm not, not growing a fucking mullet. Fuck that. There's only one man I, I know. I did that as a joke. I guarantee he did that as a joke. Like, Let me grow a mullet and see how many misfits copy me. Mate, the only, there's only one person I've seen that pulls off the mullet, and that's Tyler. Do you know why? It's because he's not a bodybuilder. He loves his little... He loves his peds. He loves his scar music, like... It fucking suits the look. Like he he pulls it off. You see all these bodybuilders trying to go in the gym with a fucking tash and a fucking mullet wearing a stringer. Mm. Um, mate, you look like a slank out of a, like, a gay porn ad from the eighties. <laughs> oh, there's one guy you want to follow. His name is Big Slank on Instagram. That just, just sounds clapped. <laughs> Big Slank. He's like six foot three or four, I think. Pro bodybuilder, oh. gay. I'm pretty sure. And because uh, he wears like tops that say huge and cute. <laughs> <laughs> and he's got a mullet and he's got like the most Larry sunglasses. He, he does like TikTok stuff. He's really funny. But he's just quality is what he is. And that's why it's so great. If he owns it, he owns it. That's what I mean. When I, when I look at Tyler, he suits him down to the TV. See, Tyler. see somebody, Tyler Norris. You're, yeah, exactly. we've got people listening and know who this guy is. Yeah. Big chuck. We know him. Yeah, yeah. Just, just one of the boys that trains at Ashford, but he's just not a bodybuilder. He's not like that. Mm -hmm. um, I don't know. He just pulls it off. Like I said, it's, it's a fucking hard look to get, man. You see a lot of kids doing it now. And you feel like in 10 years' time, they're going to look back at their photos and they're going to be like, that was a mistake. And then again, I shaved all my hair off. I had the longest hair imaginable, fucking big old... You actually had hair. And you had rid of it. Spaghetti curls and all sorts, and I just shaved it all off. So probably people probably thought I was an idiot. Some will say you want to look like Joe Jeffrey. Some say Joe Jeffrey copied me. I don't think I think Joe looked like it before you did. So what come first, chicken or the egg? Well, he, he's the chicken in this one. That chicken was bread, wasn't laid. Hey, look, I, look, I, I don't <laughs> have an answer for you. I don't have an answer for you. I'm just talking absolute shit. <laughs> you are, because you know what he did. 
look, I grew a, I grew a better beard, so it doesn't matter. Did you did? I even attempted a beard, and we won't even talk about it. Uh, I wanted, I know, I wanted to shave my the whole way through lockdown, but Zoe wouldn't let me. No, I don't. You ain't got to get on the back foot about it, mate. I'm not saying this that. is a funny conversation though, because the whole of lockdown. I was getting the ump because my hair was getting thick. Like, it doesn't grow long. I had to spend years, like, shaving the sides, keep growing it long, shaving to get it like that. It grows out. And in lockdown, it just kept growing out and out and out. And I had this fucking weird gypsy afro going on. <laughs> and it was just not cool. So I kept saying to Zoe, I was like, I'm going to shave it off, I'm going to shave it off. And you kept crying. And you're like, nah, don't do it. Don't you dare. Don't you dare. And then one day, I just got the ump and just did it anyway. And it was the best thing I've ever done. She loves it. After all that months upon months of me looking like an idiot with this massive mop, she finally gave in, and I was like, I was right all along. And now you've got the minimalist hair. Yeah, and I will never ever grow it back. Like you, you can see, it. every time it comes back, I just get rid of it. Now I've just got big chunky meathead veins. Mm. But yeah, um, I believe that was. That is finally wrap up of the podcast, isn't it? Oh, I will include that. Um, the freeze frame of you, it's fucking yeah. Gone. I'm not sure what it looks like, but hey, um, if anyone wants to put their opinion about who their favorite bodybuilder is and who they like and things like that, feel free to chuck in the comments, DM us, anything like that. Um, we're always down for a nice bit of back and forth about bodybuilding. Um, as a love for it, not to argue about it. You know, it's not what we've got to do. We're not always going to man. If you if you come at me and made up a bodybuilder I thought was completely wrong and against everything we said, it doesn't matter. No, because it's opinionated. It's what you like. But it was it was funny that a good few of the body parts we were thinking of the exact same person. Out of all the hundreds, yeah, we were going on certain things like. The midsection one, so it's the parade. That was, that was great. Weird. One bodybuilder that not even some people even know who he is. Uh, for those that haven't seen Pumping Iron or even knew who he was before then, mad. That was, that was, I was like, is this the same geezer on this phone right now? Turn it around, you were like, oh, that's it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, mate. Um, but yeah, so you know the drill, guys. Any comments, shares, likes. You know, drop us in any communication, guys. We appreciate it all. Check out either of our Instagrams at GWZeke or at Alexander Becoming. Alexander underscore Becoming, that is my bad. I was about to correct you then because I usually get it wrong. Forgot my own handle. Um, yeah, um, of course, Bodybuilding Prospect Academy. Check us out on Instagram. Head over there. Um, also, another little plug. I'm just going to drop in now because I can. Any of you that like your cream of rice, any of you that <laughs> like your whey proteins, any of you that just want some good quality supplements, Ooh. Ooh. just tilt your head to the left a little bit, Al. Tilt your head to the left a little bit. See that, see that tub up in that top corner there, that little cream of rice? Complete strength. GW10. Save yourself some dollar on me. Oi, yo. <laughs> <laughs> nah, but seriously, all, any, um, any sponsors or anything like that, we'll, I'll tag in the comments, um, any codes and everything that we have. Uh, and yeah, that's it from us this week, guys. Next week, we will have a guest for you. Oh, yeah, we will. That's going to be a good one. We'll set that up for middle of next week, probably. Yeah, we've got, we got to wait back for the, the confirmation yes, when they can do. Yes, yeah, peace out, guys. All love and carry on getting massive. See you guys later.